All right, that'll be a fun night. Hello, can you hear me? No. Yeah, yeah, am I getting there? You okay? For a second you thought, no, no amplification, we're out of here. Um, but no, uh, we are, um, this is happening next Sunday. So you're thinking, no, no, it's, it's, it's happening in October. Well, hello, here we are. So uh, next Sunday night, we get to host this. And so we're very excited about that. And uh, so please come, you will not, uh, you'll not be disappointed. Now, today we're starting for uh, our series for October. It's the entire month of October, five Sundays, and we're focusing on the Lord's Prayer. Now, we, Leah led us in it just a moment ago, and if you're new to church, have hardly ever been to church, I bet you that sounded familiar to you. It's like, oh, I know this one, and because um, it's really one of the most popular sayings from Jesus. He was teaching his disciples how to pray, and it's probably the most popular prayer in the world. Now, one thing that's really interesting is when people are asked, have you ever prayed, do you pray? Um, no matter what they say their religious stance is, they pray. I mean, it's, it's just about any survey I've ever seen, um, even agnostics, atheists, say, yeah, I've prayed. Just kind of covering my bases, you know, just in case. Um, uh, but people pray. I've had in my house some um, good friends who are atheists and, um, and they're going through something and I prayed for them. And they said, thank you so much. You know, prayer is just kind of a universal thing that is just built in our soul. We know there's something about it and there's, yeah, there's probably something greater than ourselves, and so maybe I should do it. And so Jesus' disciples, who were good Jews, Jewish boys, they had grown up learning to pray, okay? They, they were pray people. They were kind of, they studied how to pray. They noticed Jesus was doing something different. I mean, the way he was praying to God, Jesus, God the Son, and they were starting to get that idea, praying to God the Father, they're going, there's something different going on here. And so they said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? And so Jesus did, and he said, um, I'm gonna change your basic fundamental perspective. And so my prayer is this month of October, not, is not that we just memorize the Lord's Prayer or even know it more, but that the significance of it would transform our relationship with God. And we will um, enjoy him more, be energized to want to spend more time with him. And uh, it won't be a burden, it won't be a something that I do to uh, get God to like me more, but it's, I get God. I get to be with God. And so that's my prayer. This can be a really a transforming, energizing, motivating uh, time. And uh, so let's jump right into it. It's in Matthew chapter six. And you, know, you might wanna, throughout these coming days, you know, throughout the month of October, just read it. You know, every day, just read it and pray it to God. And as you learn more about what it's saying, connect to those truths and the significance of it. So it just doesn't become a rote thing, a memorized thing, hey, there, I did it, I feel better about myself today, but it's actually something where you're growing in depth 
in your relationship with God. Chapter six, verse five. And when you pray, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Some of your translations say pagans. Now, when I think pagans, I think of irreligious people, people that don't believe God. That's not who he's talking about here. Because look, it says, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues. Well, irreligious people aren't in the synagogues. So he's talking about really religious people, he's, he's saying, who are praying, maybe praying more than you and I do. And he's saying, don't pray like them. Or at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received a reward. And so um, these are people who are trying to impress other people with how religious they are. And so uh, they are praying, really not even connecting to God. They are praying, hoping they connect with other people who will think more highly of them. And that's why he says they get the reward because you know that's where it begins and ends. If you're trying to get the attention of people to think, wow, look at them, they're amazing. Well, that's probably, maybe they're thinking that. There you go, that's your reward because you're having no connection with the God of the universe, all right? So then, verse six. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And the whole idea here, here is Understand prayer is about you and God being together. And so, I mean, it can happen outdoors, it can happen in public, but uh, it is you and God in your time together. And he says, your father. Then later in six, and your father who sees in secret will, will reward you. Seven, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. And so the Gentiles, they have their gods, the whole Greco-Roman system, lots of gods. And what they were thinking is if we pray and we do it really like well, like we're using multisyllabic words you know, throughout our prayer that other people will say, wow, that's impressive. Well, what they're doing is they're saying, um, I have a relationship with the gods and we can do this with, I have a relationship with God and the fact that I'm doing it and I'm doing it well is probably gonna get him to like me more. And it's probably gonna get him, it's like, okay, God, I did good things for you. Like I'm at church, I prayed, I prayed at times where I wasn't eating. I mean, I, I'm pretty good at this. And so I've done this for you. Now you owe me. You do stuff for me. And so uh, Jesus is saying, I wanna blow that up. Get rid of that perspective. What you do is you have a business relationship with God. And I'm telling you, and he's already said three times, pray to your father. I am talking about you have a real family relationship with God. And so pray to your God as father. And that's what he says in verse nine. Pray then like this, our father in heaven. And what Jesus is doing is he's teaching his disciples and he's teaching you and me a fundamental difference, foundational difference in prayer is that we go to God as father. We go to God as family, which is a crazy thought. It, it, it changes life for them. So here, here's, I, I wrote a long sentence here. It's probably run on, it's probably terrible grammar. Um, 
remember, Long Beach Unified School District, you know, that's my, my fault. Um, Jesus wants to shift our mentality and experience in prayer. So understand you are talking with God, your loving Father. Now, some of us need to stop right there because maybe you did not have a loving Father. And so when you think of God our Father, you think, oh, no, 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 no. Um, so here's the deal. Jesus is saying, I'm trying to redefine who God is to you in a healthy, right way. And so when you pray to God the Father, you might need to add some words like, God, my loving, healthy, gentle, caring Father. To, to get your mind around who you are talking to and have that be a right picture of God because that's what Jesus is doing. This whole prayer is correcting wrong perspectives of God and wrong perspectives of ourselves. And this whole prayer is saying, you anchor yourself in who God really is and what he thinks of you. He's your loving father. Now this is a, um, well to tell you the honest truth, I struggle believing this. Uh, it has taken years of, when I first started wrestling with this, um, I could feel God and experiencing him as my righteous, just God, my great God, but I had trouble dealing with my loving father. And so I actually went through a season where I prayed to God as dad. I need to get a right perspective of who God is and I needed to make him I didn't need to make him. I needed to understand who he really was. And he's my loving dad. And so I went through a season just to get my mind right that I, I talked to him as dad. And, you know, in Aramaic, Abba is, uh, is daddy. Abba father. He's our loving father. Now, this was something really different for all these Jewish boys who are now following Jesus um, because they, they did not even say the name Yahweh, the Hebrew name for God, that means I am. It's, it's what God called himself to, when he was introducing himself to Moses and Moses says, who are you? And he says, well, you tell people I am has talked to you. I am has sent you. It's the I am, it's the to be verb. It's to all, I've always existed. I exist now, I always will exists. It is a, um, it's kind of an ultimate name for God. And um, Jews would not say that because God is too sacred. His name is too sacred for a mere mortal to have it on their lips. They would often uh, talk to each other or talk to others. And when they referred to God, they would say Hashem, which is the name. They just referred to God as the name. He is too wonderful, too sacred for broken people like us even to mention his actual name. Today, if you have a, if you have a good practicing Jew as a friend and they write you a text and they say, um, you know, I'm, I'm praying to God for you today, they would probably spell God G underscore D because they, they don't want to, they don't feel worthy of even spelling the name of God. 
And so they would leave it the O out, leave it incomplete. Do you know the first rabbi that we know of that we've ever been able, and I say we, like I'm, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm a great archeologist, but um, you know, of, of ancient history, the first rabbi ever to refer to God as father is Jesus of Nazareth. This is a mind-blowing thought that Jesus is saying, you want a right perspective of prayer? Go to God as your father. In the Gospels, Jesus refers to God over 160 times as father. God is your father. He's your loving father. Now let's think about that. If he's a good loving father, some of you are good loving parents. What do you do for your kids? Well, I'll tell you what you do for your kids. You do things for your kids that your kids don't even know they should be asking for. You do more things for your kids than they can ever ask. Because you, you've worked hard, you've changed jobs, you've, uh, you've made sacrifices so that you can provide for your kids what they need without them ever knowing it. That's what a good parent does. That's what a good God has done for you. So when you say, our Father, you're going to the presence of God who's already done so much for you and you've never asked for it. And yet sometimes we go to God with things that we do want and we think, oh God, I don't ask for much. And it's like, we don't have to. He's already taken care of us. He's a loving father. Now, if we're in a business deal and our, we have a business relationship with God, which is a religious relationship, which is I will be good, so you will bless me. Um, we go to God and we say, this, you know, this is what I would like and this is what I want. And by the way, you know, I, I gave 20 bucks last week into the offering. I, uh, I prayed several times. I told people I go to church. You owe me. You owe me. It's kind of building up on my side. It's time, you know, just a little payback here. It, it's, it's a transactional deal. And then when things go bad in our life, we can get mad. What are you doing, God? What are you doing? I mean, I did these things for you. You're not holding up your side of the bargain. Or we either get mad at God because we think we're in a transaction, or we get guilty. You know, and you know my bent. This is where I live, over here. Because I'm thinking, you know, God, things aren't going as well as I thought they should be going I'm not holding up my side of the bargain, am I? I'm, I'm not good enough. And Jesus is saying, stop that. Stop it. You have a wrong view of God. He is not somebody you earn his love through bargaining and doing stuff. It is not about your performance. It's about you trusted in Jesus. And as a result, you have been adopted by God as his child. You have every right to go to God because he is your loving father. He wants to hear from you. So go to God as your father. Here's something else that our kids don't think about that you've experienced as a parent, if you're a parent or if you're an uncle or an aunt, um, is 
sometimes they come to you and they say, and they don't even recognize what you've already done. Have you ever had that happen to you? Well, like daily. You know, your kids come to you and they ask for stuff and then start getting upset when they, you know, if, if you start backpedaling on them. But, but here's your heart. Is, as a good parent, your heart is, I want to be able to give them what they want. But sometimes I'm not. And I'm going to give them what they would have asked for if they knew what I knew. That's what your good God does to you. I mean, I don't know a speck in comparison to his knowledge and his sovereignty and his understanding of what's going on in the world and, and how he's taking this chaos and he's still carrying out his good plan for his glory and our ultimate good. And he says, sometimes I'm going to do things in your life that is not going to seem good to you. But if you knew what I knew, you'd do the same thing. God's good. He's a loving father. Now this next part is really the hardest thing for me to say. I receive that. Because it's just too good to be true. Here's what he says. He says, as his son or daughter, he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Like I think of that, I said, well, but I'm not Jesus. I'm not, I'm not God. I'm not part of the Trinity. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And he's saying, shut up, Bill. <laughs> I say that in love because you need to receive my love because I love you as my son. Just like I love Jesus as my son. Listen to this. This is what Jesus prayed about us. John 17, verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Who's them? Followers of Jesus. Who's that include? Us. That they may be one even as we are one. And this is Jesus praying to God the Father. God the Son praying to God the Father. Verse 23. I and them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Two of the hardest words in the Bible for me to understand. Even as you loved me. How much does God the Father love God the Son? How much does God love you? Same. The same. Romans 8 verse 17 says that as a follower of Jesus, you are co-heirs with Jesus. The inheritance that Christ will get as the Son of God is your inheritance. Co-heirs. By the way, what does, Christ, what does Christ inherit as God the Son? Just the universe. We, we'll be co-heirs with Christ one day and we will be with him and God the Father 
and enjoying a new heaven and new earth together as heirs. Now, now listen to this. He says, I love you. I accept you. And I'm as committed to you as I am to Jesus. Because you too are my sons and daughters. Man, let that sink in. I'm not saying this. This is him saying this. He makes no distinction. And I just think this is too wonderful. How can this be true? It's true because he's a loving father. And that's what he's done for us. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, in heaven. Jesus wants to shift our mentality and our experience with God in prayer. So understand that you're talking with God, your transcendent father. Our father in heaven. If you talk to a Muslim friend and you say, yeah, you know, we, we pray to God because we see, we see him as our heavenly father. He says he's our heavenly father. They would say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not a right picture of God. You should never call him father. He's too great. He's too big for, for you to call God father. And um, Jesus is saying, I am not contradicting the greatness of God. I mean, we look in our Bibles and we read about God and God is great. He is transcendent. And Jesus is saying, Remember to pray, our Father in heaven. He is personal. He is transcendent. He is a great God. He, he, is, um, he lives outside of time and space. He created time and space. He has a perspective we can never have. He knows all things that have happened, that are happening, that will happen. He knows the actual things that will happen and he knows all the possibilities that could happen. He is um, all powerful. Every time he acts to create, to do something, to do a miracle, it, it does not deplete his energy because he has limitless power. There is never a promise that he makes that he is incapable of fulfilling. He, he knows all. He's just. That means everything he does is right. And he has the information to make sure he is considered everything in making decisions about what is right. He is a great God. Jesus is not saying anything contrary to that. He's not contradicting his greatness. I mean, Jesus quotes the Old Testament where uh, you know, Moses is standing before God, a burning bush, bush this representation of God, and God tells Moses, um, you're in my presence, you're in holy ground. Take your shoes off in my presence. And then he says, tell, tell my people, 
as I meet with you up on top of this mountain and you are in my presence. There'll be a cloud up on the top of the mountain um, signifying my presence to the people and they need to know this is such holy ground that they should not touch any part of this mountain or they will die. That is the greatness of God. That is our God, that is true. And Jesus says he resides in heaven where he, he is, he's above all, he is, has sovereign control. But here's the difference. He's also your father. It's both and, not either or. We're not dumbing down God. Jesus is not dumbing down God. God he's God in the flesh. He knows exactly who he is and who his father is. And he's saying, God is great, beyond your understanding. And he's your father. Both. Both. He's saying, when you pray, pray our father in heaven. Every time you pray it, pray our father in heaven. Why? Because we need to rewrite our understanding of who God is and make it a right understanding of who we're talking to. And if we get that right, then when we start talking about, here's my prayer request, here's my confession, we have a right perspective there. But it all starts with recognizing who you're talking to. And you have every right to talk to him because he's your dad and he loves you and he's, he wants to hear from you. But you also have every right to, to, be, to go to him with great reverence and awe and respect and wonder because he's the God of the universe. He, he's both. So we go to God every single day and we spend time with him. And part of doing that, part of saying that, part of, part of praising God is, um, and this, that used to kind of bug me. It's like, why does God want to praise us all the time? You know, is, is we, we have an insecure God. It just needs you know, a little boost in his self-image. Like, well, what's going on there? And it's like, no, Bill, you need to have a right perspective of God. And so as you praise God, you're correcting your mind about who you're really talking to. You need to hear yourself praise God because it's transformative to me. And so we go to God who's great. He's our loving father, but he is also our transcendent, mighty, awesome, ultimate God. Verse six, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Jesus wants to shift our mentality and our experience with God in prayer. So understand that you're talking with God and no one or nothing is comparable. Here's what I think. I think Without our Father in heaven, there is no hallowed. What's that word anyway? You know, hallowed. Who says that? Um, it, it is a unique word. It is a word uh, that in English we don't have a lot uh, with that depth of understanding, but its root is holy. Okay, the root word is holy. Holy means unique, one of a kind, unmatching set apart, sacred, the most valuable, holy. Our Father in heaven, there is no one like you. 
You, you are unmatching. There is no one, there is nothing that I could ever value that would even begin to approach my Father in heaven. That's how we pray. Hallowed be your name. You're personal. You're transcendent. You're uniquely worthy of adoration and praise. And so God, Jesus says, hey, when you pray, start off by getting your mind around who you're in the presence of and who you are. You're the loving child of God. Praise his name. Praise him. Adore him. Talk to God and remind yourself who he is, who you're in the presence of. And I'll tell you what's that going to do. That's going to heal your perspective of yourself. It's going to heal your perspective of God, and it's going to heal your perspective of the world around us. I can look at a broken world around us and see evil happening all the time and have a right perspective because I know over all of this, amongst this chaos, there is a good and loving God working out his plan somehow who is sovereign and nothing happens outside of his control, who is bringing about his good for his kingdom, for his glory, for all eternity that will benefit anybody who responds to his call because he desires more children, more people to turn to him and recognize that he's their loving God. And so he heals my perspective. I can, I can have a right, you, know, you ever hear people say, you know, I just can't forgive myself? You know, let me tell you where that's coming from. That's, that's coming from a, a problem that they don't even understand. Sometimes, you know, I can't forgive myself. Sounds pretty humble. But um, here's an example. A man uh, has an affair and he's a married man. And he comes clean. And he goes to his wife and, and he apologizes and he commits, I want, I want to earn your trust back. And he knows that that's a long road. And she is willing to go that road. And, and, and months, maybe years later, she forgives him. And he goes to God and he says, God, would you forgive me? And he knows that God's a forgiving God and, and he knows that God will forgive him. And he talks to his friends, he's transparent with his friends, and he said, I'm, I'm in, I've been stupid. I've done something I thought I would never do. And will you guys forgive me? And his friends forgive him. But then he says, I can't forgive myself. I can't, I, I just can't. What's his problem? I'll tell you what his problem is. It is he's not adoring God as God. And let me tell you why. Maybe that mentality that he has comes from being raised in a home that the, the, the biggest sin that you could do would be a sexual sin. The biggest sin that you can do would be unfaithful. And as a family, that, we do not do that. And so he's feeling like I have created the worst sin I could ever do. And what he's doing there is he he's, has a perspective on sin that's not the Bible's perspective on sin. The perspective of sin in the Bible says sin is sin. Say so it separates you from God, whether it's pride or greed or lying 
That separates you from God. And ultimately, God says he's willing to forgive you if you trust in what he's done for you. And so sexual sin. They're not different regarding your separation from God and God's forgiveness from you. And so he's believing something different than the Bible. What is he doing? Well, he knows he's holding himself prisoner to his parents. And he's saying they've established a, a standard of living that I have disappointed. And his parents could be dead and gone. But he's saying that this is, this is a standard in which I am living under because who's on the throne of his life? His dead parents. He needs to demote them and put God in his rightful place. And then if God is in your rightful place and you worship him and him alone, then all of a sudden, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who's trespassed against us. I can do that. I can forgive myself because I know who's in charge and I know who is higher than any, anybody else. It's my God, my Father, who is in heaven. And so my problem was who I was worshiping. And Jesus is saying, if we get this right, then a lot of the ills in our life are gonna be healed. You worship God and God alone. There is none like him, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. That's how we pray. So each week during this series, I'm gonna give you some time in here to pray. So I'm gonna give you 90 seconds, bunch of time. But all I want to do is I want you to talk to your father who loves you, who's a great God, unmatchable, incomparable, no one like him. And he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. I want you to sit in that. I want you to talk to God. You know what God said, God the Father said to God the Son when Jesus was being baptized? He said, this is my son who I love in whom I'm well pleased. God says he loves you like that. Maybe in your prayer with God, you just say, God, I know that you look at me and you say, Bill, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. Make it personal. Talk to God 90 seconds and praise him for who he is. All right, let's just take that time right now. I'll start a timer for us. All right, spend 90 seconds adoring your heavenly father.
Amen. All right, how was your 90 seconds? For some of you are thinking, man, that flew by. I was just getting going. Um, if that was you, I, I, I'm pretty confident you're the exception to the rule. But I think more of us going, man, I just, I heard every distraction. My mind was racing in a million different directions. It was hard for me to focus. I even was, I was thinking this has got to be longer than 90 seconds. And I want you to know this, hear this. And what you just experienced, that's called normal. Okay, it's called normal. Disciples went to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. We've been, we've been doing this our whole lives and, and we're not getting it. And Jesus had to, to teach his disciples, the ones that were walking with him 24 seven. He had to teach them to pray. And so you and I, we can learn, we can grow, we can get better. I'm, I, I'm here to tell you, um, I've been practicing the last five years, silence and solitude. I, uh, I'm not good at it. I, I, my mind is everywhere except where it's supposed to be. And, um, but I can tell you this, today I'm able to stay focused and experience my loving father much better than I was five years ago. I'm growing. We all need to grow. And so Jesus is saying, practice this. Do this regularly. Not because you're trying to get points, but because you have a God who loves you. He sincerely loves you. And he wants to spend time with you. And so he says, come. Let's get your head right regarding what the culture's saying I am, regarding what people around you are saying I am. L let's get that right. I mean, throughout the day, let's remind ourselves who God is, whose presence we're in, and then adore him. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what else we do and pray. But we start there because it sets everything else up. You know, Jesus did not call God Father one time that I found in the Bible. And that's when he was on the cross. He cried out, I'm emotional today, don't know why. <clears throat> well, yeah, I do. What am I teaching? But he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because in that moment, he experienced something that he never experienced before, and that was he was disconnected from a relationship with his, with his father who he'd had an intimate, loving relationship with. And in that moment, he was disconnected from it because he took on the sins of the world. He says, I will sacrifice my life to pay the punishment of sin, rebellion against God, because God is a God of justice and says, by no means can the guilty go unpunished. And so Jesus said, I will, I will hang on the cross and I will take sin on my life and I will be punished for it. And in that moment, I will be separated from God my Father. So that those who trust in me and what I'm doing will never be separated from their loving Father.
That's our good God. And maybe today this is a, a day when you begin that relationship with God. God says, I'm loving you, I'm pursuing you. I want to adopt you as my child. How does that happen? By trusting in what I've done for you through my son, Jesus Christ. So let's just bow our heads and pray. Um, and if that's where you're at in your journey, that you want to trust God, who you're learning is pursuing you and he loves you and he wants to adopt you as his child. Um, just talk to him. You can say, God, I know that you love me and that you've been pursuing me. I haven't always known that or understood that. Um, but today I want to submit myself to you. I want to ask forgiveness for being, um, I don't know, self-centered in ways that I just ignore you and haven't even acknowledged you in my life as I should. And so I ask you forgive me and that you adopt me as your child. Thank you that as a result of placing my trust in you, I am, I am now a son or a daughter of the transcendent God. Father, help me to understand exactly who you are and also understand more and more exactly who you made me to be. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you uh, prayed along with me this morning, congratulations, first of all. And I'd like to get some information in your hands. And it's just helpful information on how you begin developing this new relationship with your heavenly father. And so um, this is how you'll get it. As soon as we're done, go out those back doors and there's a center counters out there. And uh, go there and just say, hey, I prayed along with Bill today and evidently you have something for me and they will get you this information that you can look at and there'll be some, some things that maybe, and it's like, ah, I don't think I wanna do that, but oh, this sounds easy and practical and something that would resonate with me and help me grow. Then uh, just begin doing that and enjoy uh, your growing relationship with God. If you're online watching, uh, thank you for being here today and uh, watching with us. Um, and if you prayed along with me, go to rollinghills.org slash next steps and there'll be a little thing to fill out there and just let us know how we can get that same information to you and we'll get it to you um, if you're also new here with us you want to find out more what's happening at rolling hills what's going on here what are we about um, what what ministries do we offer if you go to that same counter but the opposite side it says new here start here and as a as a guest here at rolling hills we'd love to give you a gift and um, it's information about what's going on. I think, I don't know, I think there's a coffee mug in there. I don't know, but I, I think it is, which, you know, personally, I'm a collector of mugs, and so I need to get one. Um, but if you're new to us, we'd love to, we'd love to uh, give you more information about what's going on here. So you can do that as soon as the gathering's over. Um, we're going to, uh, you know, be encouraged by Leah and, um, you know, experience in her life that God has used. that we get to talk about prayer this month because prayer is such a huge part of my story with Jesus. Um, well, oh, guys, I'll get through this, I promise. When my son was born, 
um, he was born with a heart defect and he had open heart surgery when he was five months old. And I spent the first six months of his life not knowing if he was gonna make it and what his life would look like if he did. And so I know what it's like to pray through fear. I know what it's like to pray through unknown. I know what it's like to pray through heartache. And I know what it's like to walk through a season where the only thing you can do is speak the name of Jesus into the darkness and sit with that. And I get the privilege of standing here today with a happy and healthy four-year-old little boy. But I also get the privilege of standing here today with an unwavering, wholehearted understanding of the peace and power that Jesus gives when I stand before him in prayer. And so I hope that you are encouraged no matter what season you're going through. And when those dark seasons come, or if you are walking through that right now, to speak the name of Jesus into the darkness and let his peace and his power wash over you and you get to rest in that. So we're gonna sing a song together called I Speak Jesus. And if you know the words, please sing along. And if you don't have the strength to sing these words, just listen today. But let's sing this song together. Would you please stand with us? <laughs> 